Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. Amen. Uh, today is our church picnic, and so if you've not come with the, uh, the thought of staying behind or just uh, being a part of it, we want to encourage you, stay and just have some time of fellowship. We are going to have, uh, because of just threatening weather, uh, we're going to have cornhole tournaments up here in this upper atrium, so if you want to play that, that'll be set up for you. Our kids will also be getting some uh, water balloons set up, and so uh, for you parents, I think they're getting ready to ambush you as you leave, so just keep your uh, eyes open as you leave the building today, but we'll have a water balloon fight for the young ones, and then again, just a lot of good food and fellowship. So stay tuned and stay a part of what we're doing, and then also today is water baptism and so we're excited to be able to celebrate with some individuals that just simply have wanted to make a public declaration of their faith in God and so we're excited for them because again this is one of those things that you know we're instructed to do not as a command for the sake of this is part of our salvation uh, water baptism does nothing to ensure our salvation to go to heaven but what it is is it's a public declaration of our faith in Jesus and so what an awesome day to celebrate with these individuals that are going to get baptized at the end of service today. So again, stay tuned and celebrate with them as we uh, uh, baptize them. Amen? All right, well, let's get into our message this morning. Uh, we've been in a summer series simply called Don't Worry, Be Happy. Everybody say, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Now, when we say be happy, we're not simply talking about just the emotion of being happy because you realize emotions can come and emotions can go. We're talking really about experiencing the joy of the Lord in our lives, and that can be experienced in every element and every aspect of life, even in the midst of the storm, right? But notice what it says. It says, don't worry, be happy. So in other words, there is a state of being, right? I can be full of joy. I can be happy because once again, the Bible says it's something that belongs to us. It's the fruit of the Spirit. The, the joy of the Lord is our strength, but the joy of the Lord dwells and lives on the inside of us. So listen, if you're not feeling like you're real joyful, all you got to do is prime the pump and joy comes up, right? You just got to stir it up. Come on, you remember the old Prego commercial? Some of you aren't old enough to remember, but you remember they would taste the spaghetti sauce and, they, the spaghetti sauce and they'd say, Ooh, it's in there. Remember that commercial? Well, so again, when it comes to joy, when it comes to having fulfillment of happiness, ooh, it's in there because the Holy Spirit lives and dwells on the inside, right? 
All right, well, so with that being said, I want to draw your attention to Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. It says this, it says, For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking. It says, But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And it says it's the kingdom of God. Well, the kingdom of God is not the the place where we go to. It's not heaven. It's the state of being. It is the place. One translation says it's the realm of the kingdom of God. And so, therefore, the moment you receive Christ, you have stepped over or your residency or your address is in the kingdom of God. And it says in this kingdom, in this or at this address, is righteousness, peace, and joy. Come on, doesn't that sound good already? It's righteousness, peace, and joy. And I'm telling you what, there's something about this that we'll look at it in just a moment. But you cannot have one without the other. And it begins with having righteousness. And we'll look at that in just a moment. But once again, this is your address. But how many of you understand that just because it's your address, just because that is your residence, doesn't necessarily mean that you abide there? Did you hear what I said? I said, just because your residency or your address says that you're in the realm or the place of the kingdom of God, and in this place is righteousness, peace, and joy, but it doesn't necessarily mean that just because that's your address, you abide there. Give you an example. You know, if you're somebody uh, that uh, uh, is uh, living in a home, uh, well, let's just put it this way. Let's just say that, you know, you live in a house, and, and, and it's a modest home. But all of a sudden, somebody calls you on the phone and they say to you, they say, hey, listen, uh, we have uh, received your name. It was submitted to us. We are the show Extreme Makeover, and we would love to give you a gift to give your home a makeover. Would you be willing to allow us to do that? And if so, you would say, hey, I received the gift. Anybody, would you turn it down? Anybody, wave your hand. Some of, some of you turn it down. Well, you just love the, the, well, your husband built your home. I get it, right? It's, it's a work of love. I get it. Yeah. Leave my house alone. That's the handiwork of my husband. Come on. But, you know, for me, I would be, sure. So they come in and they say to you, hey, listen, your house is nice. It's beautiful. But here's what our plans are. We're going to make it about three times bigger. Uh, it's going to look different on the inside. It's going to look different on the outside. We're going to change all the landscaping, all the scenery. It's going to be a home that you don't even recognize. And so they do all their work and they say, come on, move that bus. They reveal your home and you see your house and you're like, holy cow, that's my home. That's my new residence. And man, you don't even recognize it. It is beautiful. It's immaculate. And it's like, wow, this is my residence. But now, if you never cut the grass, if you just let the grass grow, at some point in time, somebody's going to look at that house, even though it's brand new on the outside, even though it's brand new on the inside, they're going to look at that house and say, it's not being maintained. Obviously, somebody doesn't occupy that home. Hello? 
Well, when it comes to us receiving the gift of salvation, coming into the kingdom of God, the Bible says that we have righteousness, we have peace, and we have joy. But how many of you know there's a lot of people that don't occupy that space? Come on, nudge your neighbor and say, put a smile on your face. Act like you live there. Come on, somebody, right? I'm saying there's a lot of people that are believers. They've received Christ into their life. But my goodness, do they have peace? Do they have joy? No, they don't occupy the space. So you'll have to occupy the space by faith. Your address change becomes automatic the moment that you receive Christ into your life. You're transferred into the kingdom of God. But you'll have to purpose to maintain your faith to abide in the place of righteousness, peace, and joy. Is this helping somebody? It's yours. It's available, but you'll have to maintain it. So if I confess Jesus, notice what it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you've asked Jesus into your heart, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, then according to this scripture, you've been in Christed. Or in other words, you're in Christ. And if you're in Christ, the Bible says that old things are gone or done away with. And it says all things are made new. Everything. Everybody say everything. Everything has become new, a brand new existence. The old existence no longer is. I said the, the, the old nature, the old life no longer exists. Now you might say, well, I like my old life. I like me. And again, isn't this the big thing, the big hurdle that people struggle with? Well, if I receive God, then I got to change who I am. Who do you think made you? God made you to be like you. Some people say, well, I wish God would have done a different deal with you because, you know, you're a little bit grumpy. Well, that's just a matter of you being grumpy. That's not God's work. That's, <laughs> yeah, right? But again, God made you to be like you. The desires and the likes and the interests that you have, the things that, that, that make you who you are, God designed you to be that way. So God's not saying, I want you to become a new person. I want you to change who you are. No, what he's saying, the old, the, the old nature or the old creation, he's saying the old man that was separated from God, that was unrighteous, that was full of sin, and with that sin comes shame and guilt and condemnation. Now, regardless whether you realize it or not, if, you don't, if, the, if, if a person does not receive Christ in their life, their life is governed and ruled by the sin nature of man. And with it automatically comes shame, guilt, and condemnation. Once again, how come people have such disgruntled personalities? Why are people so grumpy? Why are people so uh, disagreeable? It's because their lives are governed by guilt and shame and condemnation, and therefore they start to point the finger at other people. Amen? Have you ever noticed somebody? Again, this is just a little side thought, just something for you to observe. Have you ever noticed those people that are always critical of other people? Well, you ought to do and you should do. You know why people are critical? Because they're not willing to deal with their own stuff in their own life. And so it's a whole lot easier to point the stuff out in somebody else's life rather than dealing with the stuff in their own life. Right? 
So what is it? It's the response to guilt, shame, or condemnation. And so what God is saying is that when you receive Christ, the old man that was full of guilt, that was full of shame, that was full of condemnation, that old man is dead. Come on, somebody. Listen, if we could really grab hold of that, the guilt and the shame and the condemnation of that old unrighteous man is dead. And the moment I ask Jesus into my heart, I am right before God, and therefore I'm free from any guilt or shame or condemnation. I mean, oh, happy day. Come on, hence the whole title. Don't worry, be happy. We could really be happy if we could learn to not live under the guilt and the shame and the condemnation. So in other words, we could say it this way. You have no past. You have no history. The place of being is by living in the realm and the place of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let me just, again, for the sake of clarifying that statement of the old man being dead. Everything that you once were before Jesus is no longer a part of your history. You know, there's somebody we know by the name of Hitler in our history of life. And you know of all the things that he did, right? And you know that he committed suicide, and you know that he was just one of the the, the most evil, vile men that ever walked the earth. But if in his dying days, or even if he was to confess or ask Jesus to come into his heart, say, God, I, I ask you to forgive me. And I'm talking about sincere. God, forgive me of my sins. Even though our history books would state all of the things that he did and all the vile, evil things that go to his account, when it comes to God, when God looked at a man, Hitler, that would confess Jesus as Lord, he would say, there is no history. There is no past. There is no guilt or shame. And we would point to all the faults and the failures and the things that he did. But God said, but because he received Christ, the old man is dead. Behold, all things have become new. If God could do that for a vile, evil man like, the, like a man called Hitler, then bless God, what can he do for you and me? Because you're not even a half of the evil man he once was. But here's the thing, it don't matter how evil you are, whether you're just a little bit evil or a whole lot evil, or you might think you're even a good person, without Jesus, you will go to hell. Why? Because God says, I need you to receive the gift so that I can change your address. Come on, say, change my address. Amen. As I said, the place of being or living in that realm of the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But this is a key that is unlocked by a combination. What do you mean? It's a combination of one, two, three. Because you see, you can't experience joy without experiencing peace. And you can't experience peace without experiencing the righteousness of God. The Bible says that when we receive Christ, that we have become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That means that you have now become in right standing with God. Yeah, but you don't know what it done. No, remember, the old man 
is dead. There is no history of what you did yesterday, weeks ago, years ago. There is a clean slate. There is no past and there is no history. Amen. But in order for me to experience the peace of God, I have to receive the righteousness of God. In other words, I have to be able to identify myself as being righteous. And I said, this is the place of where it takes faith. How many of you are good at beating yourself up? Anybody? I mean, I don't need any enemies. I mean, I've had people that have beat me up and chewed me up in church, said negative things about me, said things on Facebook or whatever else it might be. You know, that's all well and good, and, you know, it might hurt my feelings for a second. But you know what? I can beat myself up better than the best. I mean, I'm the one that looks at myself in the mirror every day and says, Dear God, is this all you got, right? I mean, I can beat myself up. But listen, if I'm beating myself up, then I am not walking in the understanding that I am righteous before God. And if all I do is reflect and look at the man in the mirror of all the things that I've done wrong, I will never step over into experiencing peace. Because again, the condemnation and the guilt of what was or what Jesus came to do, I'm still carrying the load of it. And therefore, I'll never be able to step over into joy because I'm carrying the guilt and the shame of once what was. But when I ex extend or use my faith to receive what Jesus came to do and begin to renew my mind, listen, I am a free man. I am a guilt-free man. There is no past. There is no history. I am righteous. When I begin to understand I'm righteous, man, I can step over into having peace. And when the devil comes, and he will come. The moment you begin to operate and begin to have understanding, man, I am, I am good with God. Man, I'm good with God. God loves me. I'm not beaten down by him. I'm in a good place. The devil says, oh, yeah, but remember. Remember. And again, I've said this many times before, but how many of us have ever went to God and said, God, I'm so sorry, man. I've, I've done it again. But when I've confessed my sins before Jesus last week or the week before, and I come to him again this week, and I say, oh, God, forgive me again. The Bible says that God forgives my sin as far as from the east as to the west. He remembers it no more. So every time that I come and I use those words, forgive me again, God says, what are you talking about? Well, God, you, you know, I said I wasn't ever going to do it again. Oh, God, forgive me again. I'm so sorry. He's like, well, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Well, you know, God, I said last week I wasn't going to be lazy like that last week. And here I am being lazy again. I'm so sorry, God. And God says, listen, I don't have any re recollection of what you're talking about. When you asked me to forgive you, I forgot it. So this is the first time that I, I have any recollection of us having this kind of conversation. Are you getting it? If I could understand and see myself the way God sees me, I could learn to step over into a place of having peace, and then therefore peace would introduce joy to my life. There's joy. Don't worry, be happy. Nudge your neighbor, say, don't worry, be happy. But if my, if my mind cannot agree with the Word, I'm talking about the Word of God, if my mind cannot agree with the word of God concerning my righteousness, then my faith won't work in the arena of peace or joy. I said it's a combination of one, two, three, and it begins with righteousness. The second part is peace, and the or third part is joy. And so this morning, we're going to have people in just a, a few moments that are going to be baptized 
And so much of what we're talking about right now goes hand in hand with those that are getting ready to be baptized. There's a twofold nature of what takes place when they're baptized. Number one, it's an outward expression of the inward work that is done. And so therefore, they're making a public confession of their faith in Jesus. They're saying to everyone in this room, I am being baptized and I am saying Jesus is Lord. But the second thing is it serves as a reminder that the old man is dead. That's the whole reason why we're baptized. When we go down, it's the death to the old man. When we come up, it's the birth of the new man. Once again, that tub or that baptism does nothing to to get your entrance into heaven. But it serves as a reminder. Hey, listen, on July, what's today's date? The the what? 26th? 24. 24th. One of those days. On July 24th or 26th. July 24th. I was baptized, and when the enemy tries to come and bring condemnation, oh, listen, I made a public declaration that I am righteous before God. And so I refuse to have condemnation or guilt in my life. Therefore, I'm going to experience peace, and therefore I'm going to walk in the joy of the Lord. Amen. Because it's available to us. But then oftentimes we ask the question, well, what if I mess up? Anybody ever subject to mess up again? Listen, if you ever think that there's an opportunity to mess up, let me just stand up to the front of the line. We all mess up. But what do we do when we mess up? Do I allow the enemy to bring guilt and condemnation again? No, the Bible says here's the formula. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if you've messed up, confess your sin, and he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if I've messed up, God, I'm sorry. And the moment I say, I'm sorry, God says, you're righteous. You're in right standing with me again. Just that simple. Well, Why is it just that simple? Because Jesus already paid the price for the sin. Well, the question is, well, why do I continually mess up? Does anybody ever ask that question? God, how come I keep doing that over and over and over? How come I mess up? I told you I wasn't going to do that again, but why do I keep doing that? It's because we start thinking like the old man. We stop renewing our mind as to who we are, and we start thinking and acting like the old man. And when we begin to think and act like the old man, that's when we're subject to slip up or mess up. So therefore, what's needed? In regards to the new man, the new man is to be reminded That he's right with God. He must renew his mind. And upon renewing our minds, we find ourselves experiencing peace and joy. Renewing my mind is to simply remind myself of what God said about me. I said it's to remind myself of what God said about me. So for instance, for those that would say, I have a hard time forgiving myself. I have a hard time believing that God would forgive me because of what I've done. Well, to say that you have a hard time believing that God loves you is to say, well, I have a hard time believing that He sent Jesus. Because He loved you so much that He did send Jesus. That's how much He loved you. And so when you wrestle with it, what are you doing? You're starting to get over into the old man and saying, I'm condemned and I'm not worthy of love. Right? What about when it comes to healing in our body? The Bible says that healing belongs to us. 
It's not a matter of trying to get it. It is that God has called us to be healed and the enemy comes and brings sickness and disease. Has anybody ever had a special delivery from the enemy and said, here you go, here's some sickness? Anybody? Yeah, we all have. Now, what do you do when you receive this special delivery from the enemy? Hey, here you go. Here's some sickness and disease. Hope you enjoy it. Well, if I allow myself to get condemned, thinking, oh, dear God, I'm sick. How come I'm sick? Did I mess up? How come I'm... Man, I thought if I was serving God, I wouldn't get sick. No, it's just the enemy trying to bring condemnation. And therefore, when you start to pray and you don't see the turnaround as quickly as you thought, then you begin to think, well, maybe God doesn't want me healed. Maybe God don't love me. Maybe God's trying to teach me something. What happens? You begin to stop identifying with who you are in the righteousness of God and condemnation begins to cause you to accept sickness and disease in your life. What about provision and prosperity? What about God taking care of you? The Bible says that God will take care of all your needs. But if I struggle in the area of finances, if I struggle to trust God, what am I doing? I'm allowing condemnation, guilt, or the old man say that God doesn't honor his word. And so therefore I revert to simply believing a measure of the wrong thing. Let me say that again. Because all of us say, I believe that God loves me. But when condemnation comes, when I start to stress out, when I start to worry, why do I stress and worry? It's because I'm believing a measure of the wrong thing. When I start to panic... When I start to get afraid, why do I panic or why do I worry or why do I stress out? It's because I'm believing a measure of the wrong thing. And let me just say this for the sake of letting you off the hook. Is anybody believing God for something in here this morning? Anybody believe in God? You're trusting God. You're believing for health and healing. You're believing for God to do something, advancement, promotion. Believing for God to work in the, the arena of your marriage or your life or your family. If you're believing and trusting in God, let me, uh, 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 let me give you some inside information that you may not know. And that is every time you purpose to trust God, condemnation will come every single time. Anytime you face promotion in your life with God, <coughs> excuse, me, when, <coughs> excuse me, when God is trying to take you to a new place in your relationship with Him, condemnation will always come. Why will it come? Because with condemnation, if you respond to the guilt, the shame, and condemnation, it will cause you to shrink back. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. Do you know how many times I've had opportunities to shrink back as a pastor? But we're still here. Why? Because I believe in what God's called us to do in this church. I believe what God's called us to be as a people. I believe what God's called us to do in this community. And therefore, whatever the enemy throws at us, it's not going to stick. Because we know what God's called us to do. Can you say amen? amen? As I wrap this up, in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Remember I said that condemnation will come every single time that you endeavor to trust God. But did you notice that God sets a condemnation deadline? Listen to what it says. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So the minute that you trust God and the enemy brings the condemnation, God says, now 
is a good time for it to stop. Well, God, I'm, I'm tempted to worry. Nope, now's a good time for no condemnation because you're in Christ Jesus. Amen. We need to, need to renew our minds. Romans chapter 5, verse 17, it says, If by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in this life through the one, Jesus Christ. Your success, my success, is not based on anything that you can do right. Your success is based on everything that he did right. Amen? I said your righteousness, your peace, your joy is not based on you. It's based on him. It's not based on what you can do to earn it. It's what he did to provide it. And therefore, all I have to do is say, God, I choose to believe. And then become a doer of the word. What does it mean? To be a doer of the word. Well, I could act as though I'm feeling stressed out and worried. But I choose to act as though God has this. Well, I could act as though I'm concerned about my finances. Or I could choose to be confident. Nope. God, you got this. I could choose to curl up in a ball and squall and ball about the sickness and the report that the doctor gave me. Or I can put my shoulders back and say, no, I choose to believe. I'm going to be a doer of the word and therefore I'm the healed of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen? And so there are those individuals here today that are going to be a doer of the word and they're going to make a public declaration of their righteousness in Christ Jesus. And for every single person that's getting ready to be baptized, old and young, I want you to remember this day. For those of you that are young, I want you to remember this day. Because as you get older, there's going to be great opportunities for you to feel like a failure. Or life to tell you that you're not worth something. But you remind yourself of this day. I made a public confession that Jesus is Lord. Amen. I'm going to say a prayer, and as we do, we're going to dismiss our online audience, and then I'm going to invite those that are being baptized to come and join me and line up on this outside wall, all right? Will you bow your head with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus, and therefore we can experience peace and joy, joy and peace that the world does not know. God, I thank you for those individuals that are here today that are observing those that are being baptized, that it will stand as a, just as a witness to these people's hearts and faith in you. God, and we just thank you that you're going to bless and touch the lives of those that are making a public declaration of their faith today. Bless them. Increase them. Reveal yourself to them, Lord, in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen. That's it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year 
where you're going to allow God to move in your life, we would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life. Thank you.